Welcome, listeners, to A Night of Shreds and Patches, an immersive actual play podcast. This episode features the talents of... Penn Van Batavia as... Marathon Messenger. Kit Adamas as... Birdie Foundling. Cameron Robertson as... Emma Blackwood. Sydney Whittington as... Cassidy Shard. Allie Nesbitt as... Randare. Kira Nesbitt as... Cypheravax. Nick Robertson as GM and narrator. Hello, listeners. This is your editor, Sydney, with today's messages. If you're in the mood for a delightful time, check out the International Podcast Month's RSS feed to hear loads of one-shots from a multitude of podcast creators, including a game of Avatar Legends that Cameron played in in Season 5, Episodes 6 and 7. You can find all the links in IPM's pinned tweet at at PodMonth, or you can check out their website, internationalpodcastmonth.com. As usual, all applicable links can be found in the show notes. And with that, we wrap up today's announcements and head into Season 2, Episode 10, Renown Within the Adventure. And so, join us for now our tale to yours attaches to carry hope, a night of shreds and patches. sensors at the meeting place. Hard to believe there's a group with their own song for hailing. Moon River? Decent choice, I guess. We found them at the clearing. They seem competent enough, but we need more than that. We need muscle. We need to clear the outpost around Iota, and that warlord's just stacked to the teeth. We don't have anything that can push back against whatever he's got. I wasn't convinced until they told us they have a giant mech suit in the back of their truck. How does that even happen? I'm, I'm doing my, yeah, what? Have you seen my wrench? Did you check the toolbox? Well, yeah, it's not there. Did you check the ground next to the bench? It was under the bench, sorry. Mm. How does that even happen? I don't know. They're more than what they seem, I guess. But we still need to know more. We open on the Patina, sitting around a comfortable picnic table with folding chairs and a stump for comfortable seating. Emma had just finished dropping the bombshell that there was a giant war machine in the back of the rig. The surprise knocked Marathon out of her chair and induced a momentary silence from the group. Ren's eyes light up in a fashion that could be referred to as science eyes. You have a giant mech suit in the back of... What? What's go? I don't. Yeah. What? And a motorcycle. <sighs> and a workshop. And a workshop. Huh? And how much can you fit back there? About that much. Yeah. Where can, can, can I, I see it? You told me it was fish. No, I told you it was fishy. Oh my gosh. I mean, that was 
That was your choice to believe that. I didn't believe it was fish, but I assumed it wasn't a, a giant mech suit. How long have you been driving? You'd have known it was fish after, you know. No, no, I knew it wasn't that, fish. That's but... what I had said. Okay, I just want to make sure. I would love to see this mech suit. I don't know. I assumed it was somebody's special safe space or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, it kind of is mine as well. Yeah, it's not really something we want to advertise. Oh, my gosh. Can I smoke in yeah, here? Yeah, but come on, is come, it on, all come right? on, come on. Emma looks like a child showing a thing at show and tell. I need a maple. I would not smoke in there. Yeah, please don't. Okay. And is skipping off towards the back of the truck. Ren is hustling after her, but does so with a slightly wobbly gait on account of her leg, but she's jazzed. Cypher has quirked a suspicious eyebrow at Cassidy as they're making their way over towards the rig, but her eyes are very wide at the news that there is a mech suit. Because that is not, that's quite atypical. So as soon as Emma's like, yeah, come on, come see it. She skips off quickly towards the back of the truck and starts detaching the hooks that are holding the tarp over the back of the truck. And then steps up onto the back of the truck, grabs the corner of it and flings the tarp off of the back of the truck. Whoa. Oh my Short circuit. And the knight is sitting there, quite curled up on itself, just barely having fit within the confines of this tarp. This is operational? As long as I have fuel, yes. We'll get you fuel. Yeah, what kind of fuel you need? Uh, the kind of alcoholy jelly type. Emma says very professionally. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. That's the, the thing, right? Like that can... Like an ethanol distillate? You have the thing. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll, I'll be back. She says. Cassidy watches Ren go curiously. Sephir had walked over with her staff and was still just idly twirling it. But as the reveal happens, she loses her own mental track and two of the magnetic pieces just spiral off into the dirt. Whoa. She's looking at this large thingy before she realizes and then extends her arm back out and they slingshot back and snap back into a staff again. And she runs a hand over her hair, eyes wide, and looking back to Cassidy again. Technology. Is it big enough? Emma's still standing in the back of the truck, looking proudly down at everyone. I think for the first time you see a little bit of giddiness start to creep into Cypher's expression as well. And she says, um, if you know how to use it, yeah. I mean, wow. And it, it turns on and everything? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well... Not that it's like a huge deal to me or anything, but you just, you made Ren's day. So thank you. Aww. I am excited that someone else is as excited about it as I am. You hear a very distant, Farah, I need a hand, <laughs> please. Coming. She hustles off to assist with whatever is needed. She's essentially got what looks like a beer keg, just a big beer keg on a rolly cart. There's some extra stuff on there, but general shape and size, that's what we're looking at as it gets rolled on over. And Ren has left Cypher to do that. Practically skips ahead. Oh my god, what can it do? Like, how did you get this? Which question do you want answered first? I mean, it's fully what a person can do. Like, it's fully articulated. It's got a big sword. It's got a arm cannon thing. Uh, It can lift heavy stuff. And ju- just for my peace of mind, not sentient in any way. Uh... 
Not that I've noticed. It's got some AI protocols in it. Well, okay, you've got like a sentient robot mecha suit that you and I did Birdie, did you know about this? It was on a need to know basis. Oh my what? At the words sentient AI, we see Cypherra in the background pushing the cart and she just slips and it shoves out in front of her and she just gets a face full of dirt. Oh, Ren goes and helps her. I'm fine. Yeah, I know. Now you are. Sentient AI? And so, no, I don't think like not at level of sentience. It has some AI protocols that are obviously running to have it know how to function. Oh, and it can handle some stuff on its own. But like it's not it doesn't have a personality. Okay, so you can ask it like, hey, how are you feeling? And it's like no data available because it doesn't know how to feel. I don't even think it would say no data available unless I asked that through a code query. Okay. Yeah, it's more assisting you in whatever you're trying to do. Huh. Functionality-wise, it's essentially the same as the exosuit, just much bigger. Wow. And totally not sentient at all. I definitely believe it when you say it like that. (laughs) Nope. Yeah. All right. Well, we can table that discussion for now. Uh, This thing is going to make you fuel. Where does it go? So are we just... Was the question to actually refuel the night or to just put the still in the back? I mean, this is we we got a little bit of word ahead on stuff that would be potentially useful to your group. So I've been I've been working on this and it's got it's got a little in there like it'll get you a decent way or maybe, you know, a very exciting outing. It'll take time to refill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll need to do some maintenance, but I think this would be well down the road on the form of payment that you're looking for, if I'm not mistaken. Emma has stopped paying attention and is reorganizing things in the back of the truck, trying to shift the motorcycle out of the way so that we could get the still up to be next to the night so that we could refuel it, and is going to leave all negotiation things to the rest of the group. Emma, you have a particular talent for organizing and maximizing the cubic footage in the back of this truck, both from practice and your experience in your workshop back in Thunder Bay. You are realizing that you are really approaching the point where the physical space available to you cannot get more full with things. Mm, We're going to need a bigger truck. You think you can make this fit but it's not going to be easy to access anything back here anymore without having to unpack a lot of things. Oh, I think we had already reached that point where it is not easy to do anything with the motorcycle back here. Mm -hmm. We're already having to move that to make a path to do anything. Bren sees you struggling with tetrising supplies into different positions. She gestures at the motorcycle and says... I mean, why you you could put something on the outside, like a rack or an extension. Like I've seen things like that for cycles before. It's I save you a lot of space. Emma leans down over the side of the truck to look at an area that doesn't have anything <laughs> sticking out attached to it already. Uh, that is a very good point. Up until this point, I have not felt enough ownership of the truck to make permanent alterations but that seems like a good investment i mean who owns the truck yeah i mean it's just the three of you like well three and a half of you cassidy congratulations emma you've been granted the ability to make modifications to the vehicle (laughs) emma looks excited and claps her hands okay 
Do you need a hand? Uh, yes. I've got metal. Oh, yes. Do you have welding equipment? (laughs) Boy, do I. Awesome. Ren goes and grabs the supplies, which is just her giant velocitractor's tail with a beautiful little butane torch at the tip. You have to guide him over, taking backward steps. Yeah, it kind of tills backwards also in the front, so it gunks it up a little bit, and it's probably not super happy about it. Does he beep while going backwards? He has to. (laughs) We haven't found a way to turn that off yet. No, it's... Kind of gives us away, so we can't... We have to go straight, always forward. Which is a good life path to take. Why you look back when you could, you know, not beep and just go forward. She lowers her goggles. They're prescription goggles. So as Servo is utilized as a welding torch to create a rack for the motorcycle on the outside of the truck so that there's room for this still, some of you can see that Emma and Ren are very absorbed in this, but it occurs to some of you the discussion of payment and objectives has not been formalized yet. While those two are working, Cypherra will return to the table where everyone else is seated to hash out any remaining details. So, um, they're having fun. Does Emma also kind of, like, disappear into her own little world while she's working? Is that a, is that a nerd thing? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I just, you know, I just wanted to make sure. She's not just a nerd. She's pretty good at fighting, too. So, made sure of that. I mean, she's got that sword, so... Yeah. Yeah. She's real strong. All right. What other questions do you have? We got time. So what did you sense as we were pulling up that we set everything off? Cypherra tongues the inside of her cheek a little bit, considering this question as she watches Cassidy. Well, mostly the big tack, but there were a few smaller blips, you know, the frame and maybe something a little personal. Ah, you mean the radio headset. And Cassidy points to the Wild Tech radio headset that lives on her temple. Maybe, if you don't mind, just a quick little sweep here. And she pulls out a little detection wand. Looks just like a metal glowy airport traffic control waiver sticker. And I think she just walks around the table, starts on Marathon, just moving it around the body to see. She's a little grumpy and a little shocked and is now a little wide-eyed with the stick. Don't worry, it doesn't bite or shock or, you know, do anything like that. I sh- it shot out pieces, like, near my feet earlier, so... Yeah, no, um, this one's a lot more subtle, contained. Sorry about that. Does anything glow or pop up for Marathon? I don't think Marathon has any tech on her. Well, you're clean, and she will move over to Birdie and complete the same task. Wave it around her body, seeing if anything lights up. It probably lights up a little bit by her backpack because she carries the radio that Emma gave her when she first joined the Patna for emergencies. Is this detector something that will indicate what it is that she's seeing or would this be something that requires further question? It'll tell you what kind of signature it is. So it would recognize wild tech weaponry as opposed to like a radio signal, as opposed to a power source. Communication gun or gold is basically the three options. Okay, so it glows for communication, and she bobs her eyebrows but nods a little bit. All right, pretty standard. Is Birdie's pack open at all, or is it just completely tethered shut with the keep out stuff? 
It's completely pulled shut, and the flap that covers the strings does say keep out. <laughs> what do you keep in there that everybody's got to keep away from? Explosives. Cassidy snorts. Is there a way that Sefer could tell if she's being serious, or is it very clear that she's joking? She's not joking. She looks at you with a very blank expression when saying it. She blinks once, waiting a beat to see if there's any explanation. And when none follows, she says, And what are you going to use that for? Well, I mean, I use them for combat situations, mostly. (laughs) Just, you know, to protect myself, to cause a general ruckus. I don't really plan on (laughs) wasting them here. Promise. Or creating a cool distraction right and marathon goes for the handshake is this is this a time now is this yeah we can do the handshake yeah Yeah. okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) it goes so well and we look so cool check that on your scanner cypher does your scanner pick up massive coolness um yeah it does just imminent possible death And you notice that she is distinctly not joining in the reverie here, and she looks very concerned at the idea that you are just carrying explosives. And at a passing glance, you can tell that her left hand is clenched hard on her staff, and she sort of unconsciously moves it to rub the left side of her face and then is also looking over in Ren's direction with pursed lips. Uh, I promise they won't go off. Like, I have to make a quite a big effort to light them. At any given moment, and I, the supplies are hard enough to come by that I won't be using them anytime soon. She grips her staff a little tighter, and you can tell that she's taking some deep, steadying breaths, but nods maybe a little too quickly while still looking off in the other direction. And she says, "Okay, um, don't don't tell Ren. Okay, just don't say anything." Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. And then she moves over to Cassidy with the wand and her hands a little shakier now as she starts to move it around. But then it settles back into stillness as she continues doing so. Does anything light up on Cassidy? Yeah, Cassidy's temple goes off with the obvious wild tech that's hanging there. Mm. Communications looks nice. It's a fancy, shiny heirloom. Mm. Mm. Hang on to it. But, you know, functional. Yeah. And then as Cypher continues down through Cassidy's jacket, it also goes off again on Cassidy's arm, maybe torso. What designation does it give off? Like, what would it show up as? It's in that gold category. So it's something interesting that's not weapons or communication. That makes her furrow her eyebrows in surprise and she pulls her chin back a little bit and then looks to Cassidy a little bit more questioning and this? Now, uh, don't we all have a little bit of uh, advanced nanotech in our bodies? Hmm. I I don't. We do. Do you all? Is that? I don't. Okay. Yeah. Cipher uh, takes a step back and holds the wand over herself and moves it first to her left hand, where it lights up above her fingers, and then she moves it up to her left ear, where it lights up above the fin. And then she looks to Cassidy, swaps the hands, and then moves it down her own right arm, where it lights up again, with a very similar signature to what happened over Cassidy, and then just quirks an eyebrow at her. Cassidy tilts her head in response. She shuts the wand off from there and gives a little twirl, and then says, All right then. What? Don't we all have a little bit of nanotech? Hmm. 
Cassidy winks at Cypher and then looks very innocent at Marathon and Birdie. She shares a small laugh and winks back and then looks to the other two with a knowing look of smug superiority before walking back to check on the other two. Huh? Is that? Yeah. What? Is that a euphemism? Huh? Or what? It's whatever you want it to be. It's going to be a euphemism then. Um, well, I, I missed the joke. I feel like I'm good at euphemisms. So, okay. You know, whatever. Where can I get some nanotech? Uh, remind me later and I'll tell you about it. Okay. Okay. But this is not the place. Okay. Oh. Sure. Cassidy looks over to the mech where the sparks are flying off of the back of the rig as they're welding things. I would request that we also talk about other things such as, you know, this whole mech thing that's been back here for three weeks when we have that opportunity as well. Oh, it's been back there for more than three weeks. Well, that's very cool to know. And I'm glad that you trust. Well, I'm glad I know now, you know? Yeah. Cypheria wanders back a moment or two later, shaking her hand in the air after several sparks had flown off and singed her a little bit. And she starts to suck on her finger as she rejoins them and sits down at the table and says, Okay, so details. Um... You gotta get rid of the warlord. He's gotta go. We need to find out what's going on with the Advantia that's left there. I don't mind telling you that we have friends there, so I don't like everybody, but I'd like to know that they're okay, hopefully. So if you can help them, um, please do. Yeah, I'm not really in a place where I want to have dangerous warlords that wander around with Advantia tech, misusing it any more than it already maybe is. Yeah. I know this is a formal job for you, so I guess we got to talk payment. Yeah, I guess you're giving us a still. So Cassidy looks over at Bertie and goes, well, you're a Patna member now. You want to take charge of some negotiations? Oh, you'd let me? Go for it. Strong start to a negotiation. Cassidy scowls at Marathon and then looks back over encouragingly at Bertie. Um, Bertie is currently racking her brain at what she could ask for so i mean my first instinct is to ask for money but um this is a very specific capability that we bring yes because not everyone has the night no we were very special so fuel contraption thing plus (sighs) i would like to have my stick upgraded please and how do you feel about money it and I use it and need it. Well, yes. Cypher's eyes shift a little bit because she is certainly not used to being the one who actually needs to make nice with other people. Usually that's Ren's job, but she's busy right now, so she's just gonna shoot from the hip on this one. Well, you can have the still. That's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. The stick, I think, is fair. What do you want for the stick? What are you thinking? I mean... Talk to me here. Well, I can translate to Ren because you gotta be, you need to be specific with her sometimes. I thought Ren already had ideas and I just want cool and different. I. Oh, she has a lot. She has too many ideas. That's the problem is you're gonna have to help her narrow it down. We'll figure that out. We'll figure out the specifics of it once we finish this and I will, we'll talk. She's trying to be very professional right now. Um, as long as it's reasonable. Marathon gives a thumbs up to Birdie from behind. (laughs) 
Birdie steeples her fingers. And as long as it doesn't involve explosives. Okay, we'll keep it in mind. Okay. As you guys are talking and you're thinking it over, Cypherra reaches into one of her concealed pockets and pulls out just a bag of sunflower seeds and begins to eat them one by one. And you notice her hands are also like a little, they're covered in this fine white powder that she doesn't seem to notice. So she's starting to get some on her mouth around her lips as she's eating these sunflower seeds. Mm. Cassidy, how much did you get for dropping off that adventure guy? Uh, in the neighborhood of a f- couple of gold stitch, a few silver ones. Hmm, okay. Not that currencies translate quite as easily as that, but... Um, I don't know if we have any stitch on us, but I could go as high as... Mm, maybe like four squares? Four squares. Four triarl squares? Birdie, you already feel like you're winning with that suggestion. That's a lot of money. You're doing a great job. Birdie is mentally patting herself on the back. Four squares. Or, you know, Ren's kind of like a genius, so she can do a lot of stuff. There's other upgrades or things. Maybe we could do that instead. Just takes a little time, but it could be something we do while you're out being heroic. Hmm. So four squares and tech on the side and fuel gadget. At this point, I would like Birdie to roll a negotiation against Cypheras negotiation. Uh, mine is just too green. I do not have any ranks in negotiation. That was all, Ren. It'll be average difficulty. Okay, I got one green, two yellow, and two purple. One success and one threat. So, I think the threat is Cypher realizes that Birdie jumped on agreeing to this deal pretty quick, which means Cypher realized that she may have given away a little more than she needed to. Not enough to back out of the negotiation, but enough that she isn't going to be excited to tell Ren how that part went. But otherwise, yeah, Birdie, you are able to get what you want. Cypher seems to be agreeing with your terms. <sighs> Scrap. Okay. All right. And she reaches back into one of those side pouches beneath her poncho and pulls out a drawstring bag, like a see-through drawstring bag that is filled with this white powder and tosses it between her hands a few times. And there's a couple of puffs of chalky smoke. And then she says, chalk up and shake on it. Wow, really? I mean, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, and she's going to take it and copy what she saw Cypherra do and reach out with her right hand. Cypher is going to try to copy the handshake they did earlier. Amazing. How would that go? Do I need to make a roll for that? or I water roll to see how it goes. Do coordination. Birdie is going to say like what they're doing out loud so that there's a little bit of direction. Wait, what? What? What's that? No, what? Okay, my coordination is one green, two yellow. You saw the whole handshake. Would you say that you were planning on needing to be able to replicate the handshake when you saw it? So Cypher's deal is she does infiltration. She's kind of a code breaker, so she pays attention to symbols. And I will also tell you that she has knack for it for skullduggery. So she's used to dealing with the shady side of stuff. She has points in Streetwise as well, so she's probably done a lot of these back alley deals on the down low, even if she's not good at negotiations. So 
I feel like she would have an affinity for paying attention to a special handshake. Yeah, I am very convinced. So we'll say this is average difficulty, but you will also get a blue die. Is the blue die for general skill level or is the blue die for Birdie saying the all of the things out loud as it goes? Oh, that's a good point. So it'll be two blue die. One will be for Birdie helping and one will be for Cypheria's general skill level. All right. So two yellow, a green, two blue, and two purple. Two successes. All right. Yeah. You all are able to replicate the handshake exactly. So as an additional sprinkle on top of that, because there's probably crossover between Cypher and Birdie in terms of their sticky fingered nature, would there be any kind of hidden flourish or handshake that they both might have collectively learned elsewhere that could be sort of a common bind? Oh, I love that. I mean, Birdie's been everywhere, so it's definitely possible that she might have picked up one that traveled through the grapevine of people that they might have mutual contacts with. So just like a geographical thing from the area that she's from, if Cypher had passed through there, if that to Birdie would have been an even more secret type thing, like there's no way she's going to know that. I'll trip her up for sure. But then she happens to know that <laughs> the Sassnack slap. The Sassnack slap. And when they slap, it makes a burst of chalk in the air. <laughs> oh, this, this is the worst day of my life. Birdie's eyes just light up and she's like, you actually know the, the Sassnag's lab? Yeah, you know it? Yeah, I grew up there. No way. Yeah. I've only passed through once, but everybody was really nice. Oh my God. Cypher is just beaming right now. And we cut away from the closing of a mercenary contract culminated with the Sassnag slap to where Ren and Emma are finishing up securing the motorcycle to the outside of the rig. Ren is hefting the front of the motorcycle up a little bit so the spot welds can continue and just making sure everything's nice and secure. And she says, you know, if you're like ever looking to retire from adventuring or whatever y'all are doing, you'd be a pretty good wizard. And that's an affectionate term. We have a different name. <laughs> but it, to think about it is all I'm saying. You know, there's a lot of perks. Emma is like up underneath where we've got the motorcycle hooked on, securing some stuff up underneath the truck to more securely keep it from bouncing around as it goes. You're not the first member of the Advantia to tell me that, actually. Well, broken clocks right twice a day, so... Yeah, um, at least. I have, I have, this may seem like a weird question, mm -hmm. but when you join the Advantia, do they have a question that they ask you about which animal you would be? About what, which animal I would be? Yeah, like if you were an animal, which animal would you be? Is that one of the entry questions to the Advantia? How did you know about that? It is one? Are you serious? It's a, it's part of the personality test. You gotta make sure you're suited for it. So you can't put a lion with a tiger. That'd be mayhem, Emma. Mayhem. Oh my gosh. What animal are you? Ow. That makes sense. I just got big old eyes and, you know, my nose is sort of like a shape and it's fine. I'm cool with it. Oh, I was thinking wisdom. Oh, that's so sweet. She says as she flicks up her goggles and has to squint because now she can't see. The only answer I've gotten so far is a squirrel. And I'm not sure I'm fully attached to it. 
Did you pick the squirrel or like, was it assigned to you? I did, yes. It was a, so we have these questions that we use as a road trip activity. It was a question in one of those fun entertainment car books that got asked and we happened to be traveling with an advantage member when it came up and he said it was an entry question which seemed odd to me but getting the explanation that it does help figure out pairings and people to work with that makes sense I guess because that you could learn somebody's personality about a fair amount by which animal they say with like that animal's characteristics I guess oh yeah most definitely and answers that a person gives are also different than what the adjudicators give so you know there's inside perspective outside perspective it all gets mixed up but then you know they find good pairings over time yeah most of them work solo but you know the outposts should have folks that mesh yeah that makes a lot of sense the (laughs) the guy we were traveling with uh his answer was a slime mold so I'm going to guess that that's why he was by himself. Red does lean in a little bit and she's like, you you met Modem? That guy's a legend. What? Everybody knows Mr. Slime Mold? Are you kidding me? Who likes that? Who likes Slime Mold? Are you what? guys talking about Slimy Mo? Yeah. What? I know him. No, what is going on? Can you believe it? Oh, this guy. I, I... What was he doing? Where'd you find him? I heard he got banished. Uh, yeah, we, we we picked him up in Wawa and took him back to Eagle oh. Hill. Oh, you took him back? He, 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 oh, no. I, I, oh, um, oh, shit. I, Her face is so red from laughing. Emma is going into shock. She cannot comprehend. I mean, so you took him to the main enclave? Uh, yeah, the, the one just north of Eagle Hill. That's where he wanted to go. Hmm. Well, I guess if he wanted to go there, that's fine. Uh, uh, huh. Do you just know about him? Because that was a really weird answer to give. Yeah, it was a really weird answer. Okay. Not that, like, he was cool or anything. Or well-known for any, like, skill stuff. I never met him personally, but... I see what was his, his specialization was like. Oh, uh, was it... Farrah, was it Diesel? Yeah. I always thought it was draining nerves, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It was, yeah, it was Diesel Engines. I guess that makes more... I think I feel better about the fact that you know him because he's weird. That's the only reason I know of him. Versus... Him actually having any renown within the Advantia. No, like, I don't think he was, like, out. I am a slime mold. <laughs> that, wow. I, um, hmm. Emma just goes off into a stunned slash concerned slash kind of wowed silence as she continues to attach. So you said a squirrel. Yeah. Why do you think that? Uh, so, squirrels are pretty curious, energetic. I liked the idea of being able to run away and hide in a tree, aka work on a project all by myself without anybody coming to bother me. It was mostly a, an energy thing and the constantly watching, but not in a creepy way. Well, if, I don't know. 
if I had been your adjudicator, if I may be so bold, I've never seen a squirrel quite as shredded as you. I think Emma has taken off her sweater to work on the truck. But like, I don't know, you know what else is curious and likes to run away into trees when they get vexed and also can attack and have some bite to them is a cheetah. Just food for thought. Huh. I don't know. I think squirrels are buffer than cheetahs. Cheetahs move real fast, but they are very small big cats, actually. Well, regardless of what other animals are in your group, seems like you were paired pretty well. Yeah, the bonds are forming. We've had some team shifts, but I think I think everyone's starting to... Uh, okay, I think Cassidy's starting to come around. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear about restructuring. That's always tough, I know, from experience. So I'm glad I can help y'all how I can. And if you need anything else fixed up or like I could take a look at those axles or like whatever. Yeah, I mean, I got the time. Feel free. You've got way more equipment out here than everything I've got in the truck. So I don't I don't have a lot of the larger equipment that I'd need. Okay, great. And she with relief rolls under the truck to start working on other stuff. So... We see Ren rolling under the rig to take a look. The Patna reassembles. Cypherra has to crouch under the rig and call for Ren to come out as the Patna, having received their down payment on the job, wants to get moving as quickly as possible to rescue this beleaguered enclave that is nearby And we see the rig as it drives away from the camp and Servo and the actively camouflaged trailer and disappears down a ravine heading towards Iota to rescue the information and the people held hostage there. And Ren and Seyfera watch them go. I can't believe you left me to do the negotiation. I'm terrible at that. Well, I had to give them four squares. And you think I'm not going to look at whatever was in the truck? No, you could have, like, the Emma was clearly, like, kind of the leader. Not, they didn't really seem to have, Cassidy was, I don't know, but. It was a hard read. Well, you were busy looking at her muscles. What? No. Come on, she was really buff. You it was the, weird. Right? You, you got the biggest muscles. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Stop. <laughs> but don't stop. Okay. Welcome back to MTR1153. That was just the end of today's broadcast, and we'll be right back to the music after this little break. The particulars of the subsequent can be found in the show notes. This has been A Night of Shreds and Patches, an actual play podcast using the Genesis game system from Fantasy Flight Games. This show is edited by Sydney Whittington and features the talents of Allie Nesbitt and Kira Nesbitt as Ren and Cypherra. Allie and Kira can be found on their show RPG for You and Me, a duet actual play podcast. Their website, RPGforYouandMe.com, has tons of art from the show, character bios, custom setting rules, and more. You can also find Allie and Kira on Sounds Like Crows, Terminus, and the Night Shift podcast. Not to mention Allie Now Helms Dark Matter Magazine podcast and Apex Magazine podcast. You can chat with Allie on Twitter at you see the hat and at RPG for you and me. But Kira is accessible through the show's Patreon exclusive Discord, found at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. Kit Adamus as Birdie. 
Kit can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Venus Vultures. Kit is also a voice actor for Elevator Pitch Podcast, a queer genre-hopping anthology podcast that can be accessed on Spotify and YouTube. Pen Van Batavia as Marathon. She can be found on Twitter at Acquired Chaste. Pen is an indie TTRPG designer whose most recent work includes Waspmanian, a prompt game about gender and wasps. Check out fair other work at penharper.itch.io. Sydney Whittington as Cassidy. Sydney can be found on our Discord server, which is linked in the show notes, and on Twitter at Sydney underscore wit. She's also a contributing editor for the Orpheus Protocol, a cosmic horror espionage actual play podcast. Cameron Robertson as Emma. Cameron can be found on Twitter at MidnightMusic13 and on Instagram at Reading underscore and underscore Dreaming. Cameron is also a player on Tabletop Squadron, a Star Wars Edge of the Empire actual play podcast. And Nick Robertson as Narrator. Nick can be found on Twitter at Alias58. Nick is also the GM for Tabletop Squadron, which you can support at patreon.com slash tabletopsquadron. Nick can also be found as a player on the Orpheus Protocol. This podcast features the musical talents of Dora Violet and Arnie Parrott. You can find Dora at facebook.com slash Dora Violet. You can find Arnie at atptunes.com. The official artwork for this podcast was created by Rashid Alaroka, which can be found on Instagram and ArtStation at RashidJRS. You can follow the Patna on Twitter at Akosap underscore podcast or visit the website www.akosap.com. To further support the show, consider joining the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Akosap, where we'll be bringing you weekly content including bonus episodes, campfire conversations, and other fun rewards. Until next time, signing off.